Welcome to Prodigal and the Priest, a podcast about face sports and two friends from different cultures. I'm Joey Scansella, joined by my co-host, Father Paul Bechter. Father Paul, how are you doing today? Doing good, Joey. How are you doing? I'm doing great. So, I heard a little rumor that you watched something this past weekend. Mm, Yes, baseball. (laughs) Baseball. Yes, me too. I know we have to enjoy it while we have it. <laughs> yeah, who knows? My, who uh, knows how long it's going to uh, last? We but. laugh so we don't cry. Um, <laughs> exactly. Yeah, but I also watched something else I've been meaning to watch for a while now. Oh yeah, this. What's your name, man? Alexander Hamilton. Yeah, that's right, Hamilton. I watched Hamilton. Nice drop. Thank you. Well done. I found this free software online, and I've spent way too many hours between. 10 p.m. and 1 a.m. messing around with it. I feel like that's three hours. Yeah, that's that's like one too many. Oh, way too many hours. Yeah. That is between 10 a.m. Anyway, back to Hamilton. Okay, I'm impressed. Thank you. Yeah, so I watched Hamilton. It was amazing. It was everything I'd heard. Um, I had been listening to some of the music before. I just couldn't find the two hours and 40 minutes in a single block to watch it, and I didn't want to break it up. So I finally did that uh, this weekend, and it was awesome. Mm. Enjoyed the music, enjoyed the history. Growing up in Bermuda, I didn't you know, know everything about American history. Um, also kind of have a pro-British slant a little bit sometimes. Uh, I don't terrible. know. But um, one of the characters, although I guess he was only on there for about nine minutes total, maybe four appearances, three. Right. Uh, King George III stole the show. Amazing. amazing played by jonathan gruff who groff groff i, I have believe. no idea okay well funny story about this is remember i texted you a picture i was like do you know he also did the voice of christoph in frozen which for our listeners he also did the voice of christoph from frozen and i sent father paul a little uh gif of um christoph and sven so the uh reindeer and the character, and you were like, okay, which one was he? Yeah, I still don't know. Yeah, he's, he's the, the human. The human? Okay. The human. The human. So, amazing. But go ahead. <laughs> yeah, so I enjoyed it uh, immensely, like the whole thing. But as King George was singing his first little ditty. Um, <laughs> his little ditty. Something like. And when push comes to shove, I will send. Yeah, exactly. So it's it's best really funny. Line. Best right? line. When push comes to shove, I'll send you a fully armed battalion to remind you of my love. And he's like the whole song was really funny. He kept bringing it back. He started doing a little twitch thing at one point. Um, and he's so passionate. And if you haven't seen it on Disney, like spit is flying from his mouth yeah broadway was not meant to be viewed up close it was it was awesome to watch it on disney like right okay sorry should have said this at the beginning spoiler alert uh america becomes free um (laughs) (laughs) but anything uh, else you want to announce the titanic (laughs) sunk um the alamo we lost it any other big announcements you want to uh hamilton is alexander hamilton is not alive today (laughs) so anyway if you haven't watched it i I highly recommend it it was that's our losing horn yeah okay okay go ahead it it was fantastic um it was and 
but I started thinking, like, as King George was singing, um, okay, why is this so funny? It's so funny because he's singing about the great love he has for the colonies and how they're, you know, disrespecting him and not returning that love. And then he's going to send them a fully armed battalion to remind them how much he loves them. Right. And I, as soon as he said that, I was like, hold on a second. He's using a ancient Near Eastern and biblical concept of love. (laughs) So please tell me in that moment, you actually thought that phrase in your head. Ancient Near Eastern? Yeah, for sure. It's super common. A&E. That's uh, how you abbreviate it. Make it an acronym. Okay, great. Um, And so what do I mean by that? That's kind of what we want to talk about today. And it's more interesting than it sounds, so stick with us. Um, There's real world implications. Because for the voice of public opinion, I am right with you all. I want to leave this podcast room right this second. But stick with us. It'll be great. Okay. So what did King George do, right? He was talking about the relationship of a lord and a vassal or a suzerain and a vassal. That's a fancy word for lord. And so like one ruler who rules over other territories as well. Mm -hmm. And they have some local government but they pay him tribute. That's exactly what we're talking about here. Right. That's a super common situation throughout history, including the very, you know, very, very ancient world that the Old Testament is set in. So like Egypt, for instance, Egypt was a very powerful kingdom and had vassal states outside of its boundaries. Okay. Same with um, the Anatolian kingdoms up where Turkey is now. Definitely the case for Assyrian kingdoms in Mesopotamia. When the Assyrians were at their heyday, they basically had made vassals of the entire world around them. Mm -hmm. Um, When you look at the documents from this ancient world, um, and we're talking like, I mean, definitely into like the 1500s BC, but also before, closer to 2000s BC, also after Whatever. That's the kind of period we're talking about. When you look at those documents, um, whether you're looking at the treaty itself that's made or later letters of the vassal kings to the big king, right? The king who's really in charge. They use the language of love and hate. (laughs) They use like personal relationship language. So say, say a vassal state is threatening rebellion as like the big king you might be do you no longer love me why do you hate me so right um by trying to stray away or if a vassal state you can see this in in this collection of letters which are called the amarna letters um and they this is when egypt was in control of much of the land of canaan where israel is Mm -hmm. right in the 1300s real uh, quick when are you getting to the fascinating oh oh, oh, oh. Oh, i'm just (laughs) kidding go ahead so i'll get there okay um uh, the capital of egypt for that time was in a place called el amarna and we have a ton of letters from there because there was a huge fire uh the local priests of the egyptian cult did not like el amarna it's all tied up with the uh king akhenaten i think pharaoh akhenaten 
uh, wanting to reduce the Egyptian pantheon down to just a single god. Mm-hmm. Some some people talk about him as a monotheist, even right, which is very interesting. But anyway, uh, the t- the temple archives were burnt. Uh, those clay tablets that they're writing on got baked very nicely, and so they've been preserved. And so we have those, and right. we can look at the language that they're using. And so these these kings in the land of Canaan um, are writing the pharaoh saying. Hey, this other warlord is encroaching on my territory. Like, I have proven my love for you time and time again. Um, will you not, you know, send your Egyptian troops <laughs> to support me? It's the same language. And this is the context that a lot of the Old Testament uh, was written in or was assuming. And so this is maybe the more interesting point for people who who are like, get to the Bible already. Right. Um, this does anybody say that? I don't Get to the Bible already. <laughs> Who's a Catholic? <laughs> Waboom. So um, when you see the word love used in books like Deuteronomy or Leviticus or Kings, um, all throughout the Old Testament, also in the New Testament some, right? Um, it's not just talking about emotional response. It's talking. It's it's assuming this kind of covenant background, right? Of a lord and a vassal. So think about Deuteronomy six four, for instance. This is a very famous passage. Um, it's called the Shema uh, in Hebrew, which means "Hear." It's that passage: "Hear, O Hear Israel, Israel, the Lord is our God; the Lord is one. Therefore, you shall love the Lord with all your heart, and with all your mind, mm-hmm. with all your strength." Um, therefore you shall love the Lord. That's how it goes in Hebrew. It begins with Shema Yisrael Adonai Eloheinu Adonai Echad. Um, yeah, there it is. Applause, everyone. Applesauce. Um, when when you, you're reading the Bible and it it has like, like that's a covenant, that's a creedal formation, right? It's talking about the relationship of the people together with their God. Right. Um, that's not just talking about emotion when it says, like, it, it doesn't mean, and you shall feel good things <laughs> uh, as if those can be commanded, right? We barely have control of our emotions as they are. Right. Um, can kind of influence where they go. So that was one thing I wanted to 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 draw out from this whole little yeah. <laughs> little foray into ancient history is unlike King George, who probably didn't care that much how the colonies felt as long as they paid their taxes, mm-hmm. as long as they were obedient to the treaty. Right. Um, with this biblical concept of love actually having a strong implication of obedience to the treaty, right? Love means keeping up your part of the deal. It's not excluding a personal and an emotional relationship, um, but it is putting a primary emphasis on kind of the legal implications of that, on actually doing the things. And that, I mean, I think that speaks to something that is so prevalent in our culture today, <laughs> and it seems like it's only the Catholic Church that has anything else to say. Um, it's so common today for people to think that 
love is just an emotion. If it goes away, well, I guess I don't love that person anymore. Right. Um, it can, you know, be oriented all, all sorts of different things. Right. And nobody seems to have a concept of love as actually something that resides in the intellect and the will. Mm-hmm. Love is a choice. Right. And we want the emotions to follow. Sometimes they do, but emotions are fickle and they fade in and out. Um, so love, I mean, this, this, I assume not having personal experience, but that this would hold true in a marriage. Like it seems like there's different stages of love through a relationship. And once people are married for a while, it becomes very much sort of a willed thing, right? Mm -hmm. A choice. I would assume so. I don't really know. I'm just kidding. No, No, yeah, for sure. I think in, in speaking into that marriage part, even with my children, you know, as well. So both times, um, yeah, there's times that you wake up and it's like, maybe you don't have that spark or that feeling, Mm -hmm. but it's not like I'm going to be like, well, today's the day. I guess I'm leaving. I guess I'm done here. Yeah. Call it quits. Kids. Yeah. (laughs) Have a good one. Enjoy time with your mom forever. No, like that's not the case. It, it It's a choice, you know, and there's, there's aspects of obedience there, you know, with my children, you know, and it's like, how many times do I have to tell you to pick up the Legos off the floor before I step on it? Do you know how painful a little Lego this big is? Dim memories from childhood. Yeah, it's painful. Not a part of Stepping my on it. normal life. So, you know. Love's a choice in those moments for sure. Absolutely. And so, yeah, I can speak firsthand to it that don't get me wrong. There's a lot of times that you do feel it and that you're like, yeah. you know, emotionally like, yeah, this is amazing. There's a lot of times that you're not. Mm-hmm. And it's great when you do, but there's something, can we use that word? I think something meritorious, right? About making the choice even when you don't. Right. Um, there's something good about that. And that's like that's not just the way the Old Testament <laughs> portrays God and we can just shuck that off because it's, uh, I don't know, because um, we don't read the Old Testament that much or something. Right. Like there's something just fundamental about this dynamic that uh, about our relationship with God. Right. Like, like he has bound himself to us through the covenant well, through all sorts of covenants throughout the Bible, but the new covenant in the blood of Jesus, right? Right. He's bound himself to that. He's made this promise. Um, but we have to accept that there is a response on our part. Right. Um, and in accepting that, we take, in making that choice, right, um, to become a part of the new covenant, uh, to accept this, this grace and faith that our God has given to us, um, there comes duties and responsibilities mm. and obligation with that, right? To uphold our side of the deal. And, and the the dynamic is complicated. Like, you know, we can only do that by God's grace and he offers us that grace and we, right. all, all good comes from him, all evil comes from us, all that kind of stuff. But like just on a basic level of looking at it as a, a treaty or a covenant, um, like a marriage, Right. When we say yes, it implies all this other stuff. Now, what about, uh, though, the aspect that somebody would bring up and say, hey, how how far, though, is too far for obedience 
and not the other aspect, you know, like when it's the obedience goes to a negative aspect of obedience, right? Like, like say somebody is like, well, I took these, you know, I took this vow, I took this oath in marriage and, you know, um, but I'm in an abusive relationship. Oh yeah. Yeah. Like, because I've heard it go the other extreme where somebody's like, well, I can't, you know, get out Uh, of this because they've lived so much. They're, they're, they're living so much in the mindset that I have to be so obedient to this. Right. Right. I just think that's that's important. It's important to qualify qualify and bring in. Yeah. No, everything is within reason. right? Right. Um, and, uh, like it is okay. So the church not okay with divorce, but the church is very for separation when there's like real abuse going on. Yeah. And that can be verbal. It doesn't have to be physical. Right. Um, and so that's, that's always a prudential decision. I can't just say like, well, these situations and these situations, but like, right. No, nobody should be trapped in an abusive relationship like that. That's not what we're talking about here. Right. Um, and I, I just think it's yeah. important to toss that out there in this because somebody could hear us say, okay, no matter what you're going through, you know, like you just have to be obedient to this. Yeah, no. When I use absolutes like that, I'm talking about God who is always faithful. Right. <laughs> um, and our relationship with him. Right. Uh, what, what I'm thinking of really is like so many people, um, myself included, everybody basically, uh, have moments in their faith life which are more like a honeymoon or more like just meeting, you know, this other person than falling in love with them, like infatuation, Mm -hmm. um, charged emotional moments where prayer seems easy and where you just want to spend alone time with God all the time. Right. Like that happens often in, um, in prayer life, especially towards the beginning. Mm -hmm. Uh, but it also happens just as often, and it's a very normal point of a per, uh, phase of a of a prayer life for those emotions to fade. Yeah, and for somebody to start questioning, what am I even doing here? Um, I don't feel the same way I felt anymore. And like those moments where God withdraws that consolation—it's called consolation—just means good feeling. Um, right where God withdraws that are moments where we have the opportunity to grow in actual mature, willed, freely chosen love. Right. Just like in a relationship. Right. Um, and really that, I mean, and this example was set forth by Christ. I mean, we look at right in Philippians 2, you know, he was obedient to death on the cross. Yeah. Like there was an obedience there where he was, you know, we hear later in the garden, like, if it's able, let this cup pass me by. But, Mm -hmm. like, he was obedient to the will of the Father. Yeah. Like, I mean. That's not a begrudging obedience, right? Right, It's not like, like, well, I have to. Like, that's when we hear obedience, that's what a lot of us think. Right. Um, Yeah, Jesus wasn't picking up the cross, like, time to pay the piper. All right, I got to do this. Whatever that means. Yeah, I don't really even know what that means. If that means something bad, I'm sorry. Okay. Um, (laughs) I'll look it up now. No idea, actually. Um, Yeah, we we tend to make a lot of dichotomies. We split things apart. Um, So we contrast obedience and love as if they're somehow um, diametrically opposed. Yeah. and they're not. They're not in the Bible. Uh, that wasn't the point of this at all. It was to say, like, 
<laughs> look, we can't equate love with just emotion and think that we're going to be living anywhere near the fullness of this incredible life that Christ has won for us. Right. Um, carrying our cross can be hard. And sometimes like just the sense of this is what I have to do right now uh, can carry us through. Mm-hmm. And emotions follow. Yeah. Um, but they can go away too. Yeah. Good news. I used it in the correct term. So pay the piper. The pay, to pay the cost of something, to bear the uh, unfavorable consequences of one's actions or pleasures. Oh, okay. I had no idea. Yeah, you're welcome. America. So confused by it. Yeah, America. Go America. (laughs) Down with Great Britain. But anyway, (laughs) Hamilton, that was great. What's your name, man? Alexander Hamilton. It was great. I, I could play that drop all the time. Mm-hmm. It's so good. Yeah. And and Lin-Manuel Miranda, mm-hmm. brilliant. The guy who wrote, so in case you don't know, he's the person who plays Hamilton. Spoiler. The, yes. <laughs> Spoiler. <laughs> um, he's the person that plays Hamilton in Hamilton. Yeah. Also and wrote all the music. Wrote all the music. I mean, incredible mind. My wife showed me this video that like talked about how he came up with the famous, like the song, like, um, uh, Alexander Hamilton and not throwing away my shot or my shot. Yeah. Um, just mind blowing how like different things influence him and how he p- paid tribute to different musical artists. And like, even how the, it w- he was talking about the one part, there's like one part is like, Oh, 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 you know what I'm talking about? No, but I want that as a drop that we okay. can play later. Yeah. Yeah. We'll play that later. But like he came up with that by hearing like, the AOL dial tone, like, bah, bah, bah. like, yeah, I'll, I'll play it for you later. But yeah. Yeah. I was, okay. I didn't know about that, but I was impressed by like the changing meaning of my shot as like a, a light motif. Like a, <laughs> I don't know what, what would you like? Like a thesis kind of thing or right. Yeah. That, that runs throughout. Yeah. Like it means something at the beginning it, a recurring theme, that's right. what you'd say. A recurring theme. Um, in English, that's what you would say. <laughs> Leitmotif is German. There you go. Um, as as you go throughout Hamilton, like there's a recurring uh, theme of like part of that song, My Shot, and it changes. Uh, the meaning of it changes based on the context. It's awesome. Right. So who um, significantly. In, in the Disney, strictly the Disney Broadway you know, who was your favorite like character? George Washington. I mean, King George the Third. Good. King George the Third was impressive, right? But like when when Washington busts on the scene and sings "Right Hand Man," yeah, like that was awesome. Yeah, I'm tempted to say the guy who played Marquis and Jefferson. Yeah, he was good too. He was good. Yeah, I mean, all yeah. He had some good French going on at the beginning. He did. He did. So it, it oh. was good. So for anybody, you know, it's on, it's streaming on Disney Plus. Incredible background to it. They recorded over like tons of different times, all of that. I think we mentioned that in a previous episode mm-hmm. when I was talking about watching it. Um, it's just fascinating. The quality, amazing. So mm-hmm. what were you going to say? Did you watch it with subtitles or without? Without, but I want to watch it again with subtitles. Mm-hmm. So I can soak in all the things because the words are 
sung, rapped, whatever whatever term you want to use so quickly. Yeah. Did you I, watch I watched it with subtitles? No, I watched it without as well, and I really enjoyed it that way. Mm-hmm. Um, I paid close attention, felt like I got most of it. Right. But there, there's definitely definitely things I would gain from a rewatch right. um, with subtitles. And as it was ending, you can kind of tell it's ending when it's when it's ending. Um, <laughs> so <laughs> That was the most vague state. <laughs> you can kind of tell it was ending when it's ending. Yeah. You can kind of tell it's that time. I was starting to think, okay, when's the next time I'll legitimately have two hours, 40 minutes to sit down and watch this again? And um, you're like, next Sunday. No. <laughs> <laughs> Just a little in-between mass. And you that's l- why we have a reduced mass schedule. Yes, so. <laughs> there it is. There it is. So I have time for it. <laughs> well, um, uh, I love that topic. I love those reflections and those thoughts. Um um, it, it's just a, it's a, it's a great thing to reflect upon, like our love for God and our obedience in that and what our Lord did for us. You know, mm-hmm. you had mentioned in prepping for this kind of end with this note, like John three sixteen, right? Mm-hmm. Um, the correlation of it, um, you know, for God so loved the world that he gave his only son so that anyone who believes him and might not perish, but have eternal life for God did not send his son into the world, to condemn the world, but that the world might be saved through him. You know, like, which is interesting, mm-hmm. the sports tie to that. First time I ever saw that Bible verse yeah. was in a sports stadium watching a mm-hmm. Yankees game on TV. And it was kind of like... the fro? Rainbow fro guy? Uh, maybe. I don't know if it <laughs> was. But, you know, like, I was like, why are they holding up some sign that says John three sixteen? Like, mm-hmm. I didn't read my Bible. I didn't even know that was in reference to a Bible verse. And then you actually look it up and be like, man, if you had one message to share, mm. that one. That our love lords us so much that he gave his only son. So, yeah, well, yeah. So, for sure, good stuff. Um, what you watching? What you reading? What you thinking? Okay, I'll go first. Um, watching Hamilton. Uh huh. Easy out. What's your name, man? Alexander Hamilton. And enough said on that. What am I reading? Last week for uh, the prodigal, the priest, and me. We took a question which I loved um, in all the senses of, of the word. Uh, what is your favorite 2D shape? And it just got us going. If you haven't listened to that one, go back and listen to it. Yeah, episode but 12. I started, I started reminiscing about a class that I never got to take at University of Dallas, uh, which is like a basic class. Everybody had to take it, but because I was a physics major, it wasn't considered real math, and so I didn't take it. Euclidean and non-Euclidean geometry. Um, and so I went and got me a copy of Euclid, the 13 books of the elements. This is only books one and two, cause there's a lot of commentary. Um, and it is awesome. I'm just, I'm really, <laughs> really loving it. Uh, there's things like, um, like he just throws out some Greek here cause Euclid's real old and wrote in Greek. Um, so like definitions, Gramedemekos. A plates, a line is a breadthless length. And then he gives commentary. This definition may safely be attributed to the Platonic school, if not to Plato himself. Aristotle speaks of it as open to objection because it divides the genus by negation, length being necessarily either breadthless or possessed of breadth. It would seem how I, Okay, I'll stop. Um, <laughs> it's awesome. It got me on this like 
geometry kick. I'm just I'm I'm living the dream right now. This has been haunting me for years. That I didn't haunting. ever <laughs> I didn't ever take that haunting class. folks. He just um, said. And it made me so happy. And then what you thinking? I'm just going to do all three right now. Well, real quick, though, real okay. quick, because I've had people ask this and it's not so much a question in our in our Friday episodes. But I mean, so within one week, will you finish that book? Because some people are like, hey, do you guys actually finish those books? No. Are you? Re-? OK, yeah, I just no. want to clarify. It's not like like once a week we're like being like, you know, done. I, I wish some, I was reading a book but, a week. Yeah, that's kind of a life goal, but I'm just not <laughs> anywhere close there. I've read like, you know. Dude, that would be 20, awesome. 20, 30 pages. Of right. Of so just want to let people know, these are books we have read. These are books we're multiple, reading multiple books, different things like that. So yeah. then what are you thinking? I'm thinking about a line that I read in this, because you might say, okay, you tend to like very useless subjects. Like, why is this important at all? What practical good comes from it? Also, the whole thing about the ancient Near East that we just went into, like, is that really all that practical right and it's not is the answer but (laughs) euclid there's a little story in here in the introduction about him that they're like well we're not sure if it is true but we hope it's true um italians have a phrase for that that say uh, si non è vero è ben trovato if it's not true it's well found um which means that should be true the little story is about euclid and he's teaching somebody geometry and the guy's like well, you know, what am I going to gain from this? And Euclid's like, and then turns and looks at someone else in the room. It's like, go get him like $5 and give it to him so that he gains something from today. Right. It's awesome. Um, (laughs) And so that's, that's the liberal arts, right? They're not, they're not directly practical. Um, that's the whole University of Dallas model of education. It's not everything I learn has to be practical and useful in this way, mm-hmm. but learning itself is a foray into like bettering myself, better self-knowledge, um, right. such that I become truly free because now I can think critically about things and not just mm-hmm. accept what's given to me. Um, and so that's like, why I went to Franciscan. <laughs> yeah. Um, but Euclid, 13 books of the elements so far it's awesome i don't i don't even want to follow this up I'm just, <laughs> just call like i'm watching like kids shows because i have kids <laughs> and things like that but anyway watching thinking reading uh yeah watching um a lot of baseball and excited to watch tonight dodgers astros mm. i want to see if anybody gets pegged yeah like we talked about that in a previous episode um reading still reading the five loves by jp2 i said that last time and also reading every article i can about will the baseball season make it through with all the positive tests of the miami marlins things like that and what am i thinking um you know i don't have many thoughts i'm i was actually thinking i'm pretty pumped that somebody gave me this sign they're like i was wondering where you got that somebody gave it to you yeah somebody was like generous benefactor Sure, they were about to throw it out, and they were literally like, "Don't you, uh, don't you talk to people?" They didn't even know I, you know, did a podcast, and I was like, "Yes." They're like, "Oh, take this little on-air sign." So, um, but yeah, so we want to encourage our listeners a few things. Great questions have been coming in. Keep those mm-hmm. coming in. You can submit questions for our Thursday, uh, or technically our Friday 
episode that we record on Thursday. So submit that either to our Gmail account at prodigalandthepriest at gmail.com or submit that through the website, stannparish.org slash ptp. Make sure to follow St. Anne on all our social media and that so you can keep up to date with the podcast. And uh, yeah, it's just, um, it's been exciting answering those questions and some really good ones actually this week have come in um, Mm. that we'll be talking about later in the week. So we just want to uh, thank all our listeners for being here and say, take care. And God bless. 